Hey there, thanks for visiting the podcast of the Guelph Vineyard Church. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast using whatever platform you listen on, or visit our website at guelphvineyard.com. Here's this week's message brought to you by Brady Wilson. My life is seasons of this, which I would characterize as over-trying, struggling, striving, straining to receive or get more of God, to have more of a sense of God's presence, God's conversation in my life, to seasons of this, where there's such a sense of ease and grace and flow and God's just constant percolation intervention in my life. And in one of these seasons, uh, my metaphor uh, that I had was, you know, those big, I don't know, five gallon kind of bluish water, you know, you buy bottled water, but it's a great big one. And we all know that the the mouth of that thing is right. And my, what it felt like to me, my experience was I'm inside this and yes, there is a beautiful rainstorm and yes, water is flowing everywhere, but Hardly any of it gets in the neck of me. Uh, and it's quite dry on the bottom, even though all around me, I can, I can see the droplets landing. So I, I lived with that and the frustration of that, that here is this lavish, reckless, abandoned, almost, you know, this, this grace that is so extravagant and abundance and God's heart is so generous. Uh, and here's me only able to receive droplets and quite dry. Uh, and there was a, a period where God was really shifting and challenging my belief and saying, and I felt like, oh, it's not that, it's actually the opposite of that. I am a wash basin, which is however big and then kind of goes down and so the truth is that this crazy crazy abundance of love is actually collecting from a larger receptacle receiving point than i could even imagine and then god actually said like where did you get those metaphors um because really the metaphor is right in front of you and it starts in genesis and as chris said it ends in revelation and it stops in psalm one and it it's all over the place but you're not this and you're not you're you are planted inside soil and it's a very organic metaphor and so I would love for us to to ask ourselves this question. Why does the Bible say you are like a tree? In what ways does that feel true? In what ways might that metaphor serve us and actually remove some of the oscillation, you know, from this, 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 maybe a little bit more of, a sense of what it's like to be 
firmly and enduringly planted and and to have this sense of what I'm planted in has a sense of urgency and a push and a desire to express itself uh, because it's not inert. It's not just a bunch of particles. It's, it's a living microbiology. It is it, the, the soil of God and God's love. Uh, it, it wants to multiply. It wants to express itself. And so I would almost have to shut off all the valves in my roots for, for that not to come right inside me. And that, that's a much more refreshing metaphor for me and has been. So I would love us to just step into this question. And my real goal is not that you understand roots, you understand soil. I mean, that's great. But my goal this morning is that we actually have an experience of what that soil feels like. And so we will be ending up hopefully experiencing a little bit of what that soil feels like. Well, let's take a look. If I should take a tablespoon of soil and hold it up here, anybody, how many organisms, microbes uh, do you think? Just any, any guess is good, but give us a guess in one tablespoon of soil. Hundred and forty million. Anybody else? Hundred forty million is a lot of a lot of organisms. I don't think people's mute buttons are working today. Something's going on. I'm going to vote. For three. <laughs> okay. Um, so if you want to get on, you really geek out on this stuff and get on Google, just check out all the, the sites. You're going to discover that in a tablespoon of soil, there are more microorganisms than there are people on the planet. Tim was closer. Tim was much closer. Uh, and so in a gram of soil, there are millions of microorganisms. So let's, let's meet the players here for a second. Uh, so in there, we got bacteria, fungi, protozoa, microbes, nematodes, insects, worms, and it goes on and on and on. Uh, but the question is, do these things communicate with each other? Anybody? What's your best guess? Yes. Yes. Yes, they do. And in fact, there is an ongoing communication between all of these different players that is so, it's like constant communication. It is crazy. And so here's how it goes um, the tree says, <laughs> says, right? The tree sends them a message. I need nitrogen. So do plants need nitrogen? Yeah, they do. I need nitrogen. So what happens is the roots send out molecules called isoflavones. Who cares about that? But what they do 
is they attract these bacteria called rhizobiomes. And uh, the rhizobiome starts getting attracted to the isoflavones. And as the rhizobiome is moving toward the roots, uh, the rhizobiome sends out uh, these microbes called nod factors, which go to the root and they send a message, I need a little root hair to nestle into. And the root sends out a little hair and the rhizobiome tucks into that hair and that little hair hugs the rhizobiome. And then what happens is this beautiful exchange. Uh, the tree gives that rhizobiome some carbon, some sugar, and also a place to live. And in trade for that, the rhizobiome gives the tree some nitrogen. So it takes nitrogen from the air, still unusable by the tree, but it does this thing with that nitrogen that makes it usable. And so here's just one example of millions of conversations that are happening between the fungi and the bacteria and these nematodes and insects and the, the humus in the soil. And so there is a world of conversation happening inside the soil. Now, if the metaphor of, you know, God's love is kind of like soil, we got to ask ourselves how much communication is happening in the, that which we are rooted in angels, saints of the past, saints of the future, uh, God, the Holy Spirit, uh, etc. It's just a, a question, right? And so if we think about the roots, uh, anybody, what is the job of roots? Job description. To take in and also to give out. Interesting. Okay. Oak and trees. I put something in the chat about oak trees. Okay. Yeah. And, and. I think oak trees think, uh, I mean, Douglas fir, the roots go down like 200 feet and uh, the, the roots just keep on growing as long as the tree is alive. Okay, that the size, the height of the tree, the root. Interesting. And so why, what's, what is, what are the roots doing other than I'm taking in, I'm giving out. They're anchoring, they anchor, anchor you in place. They hold Absolutely. you during winter and summer and storms. Absolutely. I think uh, one of my colleagues is uh, from the East Coast. They just had a storm, 106 kilometer an hour winds, and he was expecting the trees just to be devastated. And he was so shocked that although, you know, he's watching from his window and the trees are just swaying like crazy. Nothing felt, if, if there was only one root that went straight down, <laughs> too bad for the tree, or one root that went out to one side. Uh, so it's, there's stability. Uh, and then there's some sort of gathering of nutrition and giving off of nutrition, right? And what's fascinating is, yeah, in, in the soil, we got 42 essential nutrients. There's zinc, boron, nitrogen, and goes on and on and on. But the roots only seek out and deliver what the tree needs in the moment. So it's not just a root going out and getting all 42 and trying to slam that into the, the tree. Uh, it's based on the tree going, I need boron right now. 
And there's a message that goes out through the root system and the fungi and the bacteria and the humus and everything uh, is all responding and saying, here's boron. It is just like crazy. So if we look at it, the soil exists to, to, to Catherine's point, nourish and search out nourishment from the roots. Uh, there's Alex's point, stay stable. And then there's this communication with the roots. The, the roots exist to kind of do the same thing, nourish, search out nourishment. And then there's, they also want structural stability. Uh, roots uh, just go, hey, we wanna make sure that we are able to hold this whole thing up and keep it stable. And then there's communication. So it, to me, this metaphor that we are plunked right into the middle of, it is a metaphor of partnering. Of, I mean, I don't know if there's any beautiful, more beautiful marriage of root and soil, but mutuality, reciprocity, it's, it's if I could call it conversation. Um, billions, like more conversations are happening in one tablespoon of soil than all the conversations in the world right now. And, and so now let's just take that out to the size of a tree and there is a universe of conversation happening in that situation. So may your roots. Could somebody just read that? May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you be able to feel and understand, as all God's children should, how long, how wide, how deep, and how high his love really is. Yay, God. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And so, yeah, understand it. Um, but may you be able to feel. the soil maybe may you have a sensation uh an emotion a feeling of what the soil is like the dimensionless characteristics of it but also the urgency and the the incredible interactivity of the soil with you as roots and can i ask another person this will not be unfamiliar to you either. Colossians. First one was Ephesians. Help us out, somebody. Live in vital union with him. Let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him. See that you go down, that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. So I don't know why, but somehow the Apostle Paul, because this is, these are both from him, uh, this metaphor seemed to matter to him. And it seemed to be a useful construct to put in front of the saints uh, and, and, and the folks that he was putting this in front of were not scientists. They were people who were growing stuff and they were people who were making shoes or what, but how can I put a metaphor in front of people 
that would be useful for them in their day-to-day relationship with God. So we're getting closer now to my, my hope for us is to experience what soil is like. Uh, but when I, I think of it, I think it, it has some, so think about Jesus as the incarnate creator, if, if you would, for a second. And then there's fatherly qualities, there are motherly qualities. So if we think about um, what does the soil of love feel like, these are just some words that came to me. The incarnate creator uh, is a new maker. So this, this soil wants to create new life, new fruit for the tree. So there's new maker, hope breather. There's a, a connection generator, all these connections that need to happen between the roots and the soil, uh, possibility sparker, matter inhabitor, wholeness shaper, energy pulser. I think that the, the Jesus part of the soil, because let's remember, the soil is just God's love, right? And so we're talking about Jesus, the father and the mother, so the fatherly qualities, life stabilizer, all surrounder, freedom fighter. So the pests, the blight, etc. cetera, uh, freedom from the affection pronouncer, blight protector, purpose pointer, need provider, abundance pusher. There's a sense of urgency and drive. And then there's all these motherly qualities in the soil of love. Snugness wrapper, you know, it down, it ups, up top, there's a massive store, storm blowing, but down here in the soil, it's so quiet, it's so still. A nurture hugger, the wound dresser, um, compassion whisperer, grace bather, delight imprinter, kindness soother, gentleness slatterer. Um, and I mean, we could go on and on. And, and really, that's what I would love to do uh, today is to take us through an experience where each of us could sink our roots, if you will, into that soil. And with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, experience, yeah, this is what I need. It's not nitrogen, it's not boron, it's not zinc. <laughs> but I have a need uh, and what is the communication that happens between you and that need and the soil of God's love. That's where I'd love to go. But let's just now say to ourselves, billions of messages, movements, they're bursting to express themselves, urgent to nourish, passionate to co-create intent on multiplication. And some the soil of love is the very impulsive. Like the soil is filled with life. It's as if somebody said a long time ago, let the earth sprout vegetation. And the soil heard that and went, I am all about being filled with life so that I can just generate vegetation and life. It's as if the very voice of God encoded the soil with life. So here's a question for you. Based on what we've said, there's stuff that happens underneath the surface that people looking at you would never be aware of. And then there's stuff happening in your life that's above the surface. 
what percentage of your God relationship happens consciously that you actually think about and you vocalize perhaps, and what percent of your relationship with God happens unconsciously? Anybody ever went to bed feeling like ah, dark, horrible, and you wake up and you go, I feel hopeful. I feel something shifted. What was that? Like, what happened through the night? So anybody, what do you think about this? I don't think there's a right answer, by the way, in the percentage, but I'm just asking this question. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. I have no idea about percentage, um, but it does feel like probably the vast majority would be the, the subconscious or the unconscious work. And, and let's just say that, let's just entertain that, Tim, for a second. Uh, the reason I ask this is, I, I think, at least for me, it can feel like my relationship with God is, is right in here. That which I decide, that which I feel, that which I think about, that which I then process and go, okay, God, uh, we're going through, I'm going through this situation and or I'm thinking about a person I'm praying for. And it's, it's kind of like, so I'm not saying that it's not in there. I'm just saying, is there a possibility that if we only think it's in there, that there's a lot of this? And if we see that there is a massive amount of activity that is happening that has nothing to do with your effort, needs are being met through the night without you even thinking about it. But your being, your soul, your spirit is going, yeah, I could really use a sense of peace. I could really use a sense of hope and purpose right now. And that's happening. The root sends the message to the soil of God's love. And the soil of God's love is going, you got it. It's coming. And you haven't even had to think about it. I think there's ease in that. I think there's rest in that. I think there's expansiveness in that and a little bit less of, I have to run this whole thing. That's, can I just kind of jump in on, cause this is very interesting to me. Um, yeah. The dance between intent, right? Because relationship is so fueled by intent right? and that, and that remains true in what we're talking about, but if I, if I think about one who intentionally plants, a planting is intention, right? I mean, in, that, in nature, it happens, really, but, but there is this sense of, yeah, so um, intent is planting. But once that has taken place, there is something that actually becomes, um, like, we don't have to form intent in order for that, for that thing that's planted to grow. I haven't really thought about that, but that there's just a, a beautiful weave of that because we can think that it like to your point that it's all about intent all of the time. And sometimes I wonder if there's a thing of like entrusting, um, trusting our intent and, and the, the seeds that have been planted both by us and the Holy spirit. And just almost that's 
that space of trust that follows. I, there's something, I don't know. I just, I just wanted to weave there because that, that feels like a really beautiful dance between really crucial and important things. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is true or not, but I have felt like there are times in my life where there was a deep searching, a deep seeking out, a deep, you know, roots, like periods of fasting for 40 days and, um, you know, just morning after morning after morning of uh, spending hours and hours with God. And later on in my life, I would experience something that I go unmerited, undeserved, like, where did that come from? And it felt like the spirit of God was saying, uh, you're just benefiting from roots that went out in a very dry season. And those roots did not disappear. Those roots are still are feeding you now in ways that you can't even hardly comprehend. But I think it's really good for us to understand when, it, when the Bible says, let your roots go down deep into the soil of God's love that that's not wasted activity, you know, seeking out, being hungry for God, being passionate for God, just letting our, it's like, oh, I need this. The, the roots are going down. And in the seasons of drought, in the seasons of winter, in the seasons of, of toughness, your roots are going wider. They're going deeper. And that is going to produce a sense of ease and grace and life.